From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Coalfield and Company. All right, here we go on a Monday. The dulcet tones of ESPN Las Vegas. Damon is here. Adam Hill is back from, well, I don't know where he is half the time, but I think South Florida. It's Cofield, Finley Toyota Studios. Adam, very closely cropped hairdo. You're, it looks weird, doesn't it? It's a little bit weird. A little weird. A little weird. But that's that's fine. I was going to say it looks good, man. I was going to give you a compliment. Yeah. It's just... Uh, Tony, I've had it for like three weeks. We haven't been here, <laughs> okay, right? I, I never I see you now. So I was like, whoa, haircut. You're it's right. Actually, I was thinking today, it's gotten too long. I'm yeah. going to have to cut it again. Yeah. You looked at me. You're like, hey, you're more bald. Good job. Um, all right. Big, big Monday. You know what's funny? In a three-hour rundown, and by the way, it's really two and a half today because we're going to get out a little early for the NBA Finals, and we'll see if the Heat have any life left we don't have a slot today for the a's and if something comes down we'll get to it but i i can't I, you know i've said every day i i can't i really can't do this anymore i will mention real quick even though see what happens it's not on the rundown and i'm like yeah, i'm gonna get to it anyway i did see uh the head of the assembly steve yeager sent out a thread over the weekend because he's gotten so much negativity especially from on social media especially from the bay area he kind of fired back and he's like listen here's the deal and he explained how this is a very last-minute thing, and you know these public servants are doing what they can, but it was Governor Lombardo who called him in for all this extra time, and now we've got this long delay. And he also said, you know, in my district of 75,000, I've gotten almost no response about this A's stadium deal. So over the weekend, I was like, hey, everybody, here's Steve Yeager's thread. It's really good. It explains things. Here's his email if you want to give him feedback. Because I think people do need to give feedback. And then I fired off a couple emails to my senator and my assembly rep. Um, I didn't get any response, which I was kind of disappointed. Like, give me a thumbs up. You don't have to do much beyond that. And explained, you know, quickly. I wasn't going to go into, you know, Steve Cofield sports talk over it. I didn't even say who I was. I said Cofield, whatever. Um, But I do think it's important to give feedback. But, you know, today may be the final day. And my guess is that over the weekend they rallied enough votes. You know, you you do some favors. Hey, tit for tat. And this will pass later today. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully not. Um, and I, but I also, to your point, I know you, you know, you didn't say it, but um, you know, you put it out. It was a long thread. He did an unbelievable job of explaining exactly what was going on, what the situation awesome. was, and literally only anybody responded to the last message in the thread. Right. Every, the last message of the thread, which was all the feedbacks coming from somewhere else, not from my district, people just responded like crazy. Like, what about the first like seventeen things that he sent out, which were unbelievable in terms of what he sent, and that he had to address it again today. Um, kind of following up with that thread, but yeah, everybody everybody focused on one tweet out of I think it was close to twenty. Well, but he, at the end, it did sound like he was soliciting feedback. So here's your feedback. Now he also he mentioned today he's like, listen, I know everyone thinks that everyone is on Twitter. You're like hardly any of my constituents yeah. seem to be on Twitter. I don't think that's accurate. I think there's probably a good number who have seen stuff on Facebook or on Twitter or wherever else. I don't know if there's TikTok content on it. I Believe me, I'd love to do it. I just haven't had the time. But it is important. This is a good example. A lot of things go on. you got to give feedback. And the same goes for the county, too. Because there is going to be this discussion coming up with F1, and you know they're laying out $80 million to do the roads in like two months. It seems longer. Um, most amazing road job ever, right? But they're paying for it, and they're going to ask for $40 million on it. So there's a good debate to be had there. So uh, that's what's happening uh, beyond what's going on with our successful franchises that people don't have any argument over. Everyone wants the cup. Saturday night was awesome. I'm going to get to the highlights here in a second, but what was game four like 
in the building because, again, fast start, it seemed like the building died. And then when the Panthers, the cats, those rats, when they edged back into it, man, the building got freaking frenzied. So what's it like in that building? Um, It's it's different. I mean, it, I think it's it's pretty good. It's, it's similar to any other building, just like T-Mobile. If they're losing, it's quiet. Like that's that's similar. It's it's how a lot of buildings are, um, and they were they were pretty down. And I think a lot of I think a lot of what was going on in that building had to do with the fact that Miami was also playing. The Heat were also playing uh, in a series, not the same night, but kind of rotating. And they went into Game Three with a lot of energy, thinking, "Okay, we could get two titles." And then the Heat lose, and then you go into Game Four, thinking, "This is our only shot now." Uh, this is this is rough, and so I think there was a lot of energy going into it. The Golden Nets go three zero, is dead, uh, and then all of a sudden the rally came, and it was really really loud by the end of the game. It, it was cool. I mean, look, the building is far away from anything. It's way out there. I told you. So it's hard to get to. Uh, for, it's basically where it's where that part of Florida ends going to the west because there's yeah. nothing to no, the, the west. No, the Everglades are on the other side. Yeah, that's and it. In fact, we can it's right we can, on the edge at Sawgrass Mills. It's you know it's basically in a mall. Yeah, and, and essentially, you know, for those that aren't familiar with the area or whatever, and um, what happened was the the Panthers were announced as an expansion team. They were looking for a place to play and build their building. I think they wanted to be in Miami. A lot of people thought they'd be in Miami. <laughs> and then this, um, you know, this part of Florida up in Broward County, uh, the person who represents that district, and we're dealing with local politics right now in terms of the A's, uh, they said, hey, this is a way for us to get on the map. We're building this huge mall. We want people to come out here. Let's put an arena in the mall. We'll fund it, and then the team will play here, and it'll be part of it. And that's great, except for only people go there when when uh, they're going to games, I guess. And you know, you talk about you know, there were some local celebrities from Miami. They had to go like an hour to go to the game. Oh, there were. Who was there? Uh, well, like Tua was there for game three. Okay. Uh, Dan Marino did the uh, the banged on the rally drum thing that they, they have, have a rally is, drum. Yeah, which is the equivalent of the the sire the uh, rally the cranking the rally. But not even close. Here. It was cool. I don't know. I I would argue it's better. Okay. Because it's like it's cool you see the celebrity do it. And the celebrity celebrity does the opening thing just like both places. But the rally drum is they they drum a beat and then the whole crowd goes, you know, gets into the let's go Panthers. Boom, 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 boom. And like so they do the drum with the crowd response. Wait, so it's a responsibility to celebrity be to be on, on beat? beat. Wow, imagine if Belichick tried and to do it. How about this? How about this? I'll throw it out there right now. We know that Dan Marino was one of the lowest scoring dudes on the Wonderlick in the history of the NFL. Can he actually play a drum beat? Well, I don't think he can count because no, I think you're I supposed it. to do I think you're laughing, supposed man. to do five. He, he, quick release, like smart in terms of instincts, but, but is I mean, this the guy, his, got, like, guy got like a nine on the Wonderlick. Is this his fault or did somebody in the arena screw up? I don't know. Because I say Dan Marino does how many ever he wants, right? So you're supposed to do five <laughs> times. Bump, 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 five times. Bump, 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 let's go Panthers. Bump, 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 let's go Panthers. Five times. Sounds like you could do it. The sixth time, yeah. he kept doing it, and they're like, all right, enough. They just cut him off. And he's still banging it. <laughs> but shouldn't the arena, so whoever's running the sound, be like, all right, let's just stay on this until, as long as he wants to do it? Or they're like, we got time here. Let's go. Yeah. Poor Dan Marino getting ripped on. Brooke, he, he, beat, beat, he beat my Jets more than a few times, so up his. Game four, Brooksy. Really? Yeah, Brooks Kepka. How on, intense was that? Oh, it was, it was intense. You he know, it's funny. Good. I was going to bring up Kepka. Uh, later on, we talk about Conor McGregor, who seemed to be freaking jacked to the moon yeah. when he's knocking out a mascot. I, when they when they showed a shot up in whatever box he's sitting in for Game Four, uh, you know, I was down at Ellis Island. I look up at the screen and I'm like, he doesn't close his eyes anymore. Huh? Like, what kind of good stuff is he getting with the Saudis' money? 
He is freaking fired up. Well, the Knights were fired up right at the start of the game before any of us could get settled in. Here's Stevie. And it comes to the neutral zone. There is Zach Whitecloud. Finds his man down the middle at Stevenson. He scores! White Cloud to Stevenson. And the Knights take a 1-0 lead less than two minutes into game four. So there you go. Quick start. 1-0 going to the second. And then Stevie again in the second as it seems like the Knights are on the way to freaking quieting the place and breaking the back of the Panthers. Backhands it forward. Swatted into the zone. Down the left wall by Stone. He breaks left circle. Looks to the middle of the shot. Stevenson scores. Second of the day for Chandler Stevenson. 2-0 Golden Knights. Once again, Mark Stone, the facilitator for the Golden Knights offense. Stoney and Hagee on the assist. Um, how loud it's was Hager? What uh, is it? Hager. Hager. Good. It's how ha- loud? Hager bomb is his. Uh, when oh, Hager bomb. When he hits a slap shot, it's a, oh, okay. it's a Hager bomb. Okay, I thought it was him taking a punch to the face and smiling. You know, That's I was going to point this out just because I know you love this a yeah. lot. Yeah. Everybody calls William Carlson Carly. Really? Jack Eichel won't do it. Calls him Carl every time. Really? Now is that team turmoil? Disrespect? Or is it just he just has some, a different nickname for him? I don't know. We'll have to delve into this for a good 15, 20 minutes later in the show. Why not? <laughs> he seems to very much like him. So, I don't so, so it's 2 nothing at that point. Uh, a little while later, about four minutes later, here comes Wild Bill. Vegas sends it back in. Barbashev collides with Gudis far corner. Marcheseau in as well. To the middle. It's Hay. A wrist shot. Block. Rebound. Score! William Carlson. 3-0 Golden Knights. William Carlson finds the garbage below the down on the left wing side. Vegas has two goals here in the second period. All right. Who can do a uh, Iron Sheik impression with the I will break you? R.I.P. Actually, that could be, uh, what's his name? Dolph Lundgren, too. Jabronis. 3-0. Then they get to the 3-1. Boy, that Montour is like friggin' uh, John Daly with the, 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 the extension on the stick. The stick's like bending as he's, boom, coming through. So you go 3-1 to the third. Eh, a little nerve-wracking. By the way, Montour really didn't do a whole lot on that because it was a double-owned goal, right? Who did it, who did well, it actually to, go off of? He had to hit it, he had to hit it hard. Oh, well, he had to hit though. it. He, boom, 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 ricocheted yeah. into the so goal. The and was like, what the hell just happened? Um, little, uh, what's it called? Uh, Air hockey, right? Ins- insult on. to injury to not only take a puck off your ankle, but also have it end up in the back of the net. What a nightmare. What a total nightmare. And then, man, I, this seemed early in the third. It was an eternity left in the game, just under 14 minutes left in the game, and they make it 3-2, the Panthers do. Lundell and Montour, right wing shot, they score! Barkov from the right circle. It's a one-goal game. Sasha Barkov. First goal of the final, two points today. It's a 3-2 to two nights lead, four minutes into the third period. All right, enough with the horn. We can't hear Duva. We don't do that here. We do. You know I would do it if I was the sure. – God, I wish I was the horn operator. I'm going to take uh, – It would be going It'd be going on the entire – like every close goal would be like, eh, eh. The goalie's like, what the frick's going I'll, on? I'll take, I'll take full responsibility uh, for Barkov having a good game because I had mentioned to my colleagues there – you know what? I've been writing about Florida this whole series. I have not written Alexander Barkov's name, and it's a very weird spelling of Alexander. So I was like, I would remember this. I have not had to write his name in the entire series. And then he gets an assist and a goal in game four. What do you think of the Knights down the last 11 minutes, the way they played? Um, I thought they they were fine. They weren't great necessarily. They they absolutely absorbed pressure and okay. had to try to fight Too off. Too much of a shell? But 
I will also say, like, six on five has been a huge Achilles heel for this team. Given about three goals, I believe, in the postseason, six on five, including game three. And I think there was a lot of here we go again. Uh, but they didn't. They didn't allow a goal. They didn't. They My didn't God. let the puck in the net. So I think that was a huge point of emphasis for them, and they did a good job fighting it off. Down the stretch to close out the game, everyone's on pins and needles. Like, please clear it. Just clear it, please. Here's Duva at the very end. Is it was just people flopping all over the. I just expected the puck to pop in at some point. Five seconds to the right. A shot blocked by McNabb. Rebound is loose. Pushed to the corner, and time runs out. The game is over. The Knights survive. Now a big pile in front of the goal. Hill jumps in as well. His helmet is off. Several players tackling each other. The linesman now restrain Hill. Several things are being thrown onto the ice as we speak. The Knights have won game four, barely surviving. There was a scrum in the crease in the final seconds. Petrangelo coming onto the ice to join his team to celebrate is then met by multiple Panthers. Matthew Kachuk going after him. The Florida fans are throwing stuff on the ice. They're throwing it at their own their own players. They're throwing rats on their own players at this juncture. <laughs> the game is over. Yeah. The Golden Knights have won it 3-2 and lead the Stanley Cup Final three games to one. Maybe a bit of an embellishment. I don't know if they were targeting, no, like if you're whipping a plastic rat at Kachuk's head or something. By the way, I saw a lot of rats thrown on the ice the last two games. Um, I don't. I, I would say the... The accuracy level of fans with rats not very good. I don't know if they're hard to throw, uh, but they're it's just all over the. Did place. you pick any up? Did you see any in the arena? Or are they how, are they heavy? Uh, there's different sizes. Oh, really? So uh, I got a real little one, little yeah. tiny guy. Uh, that I don't even know how you would throw that. It's, it's hard, impossible. Uh, but the bigger ones seem like it's tar- hard to get a grip on a you know, plastic rat and throw it where you want to throw it. Is it? Yeah. I think or so. we just have it's a lot a, of people with, people with noodle arms. No, it's an awkward shape. You got to practice at home. Use the curve. Maybe. It's like a wiffle ball. But do you, I think a lot of people try to grab by the tail. Oh, don't do the fling tail. Them. Don't do the tail. It's not the right way to go. Yeah. Uh, frenzied action at the end. I really got a kick out of Aiden Hill's just like, F this. I'm just going to start swinging and wail at anyone because I've, I've been pushed down so many freaking times by my own guys and them. So I, That's it. I talked to Aiden today. Yeah. Um, I said, just kind of walk over to the side and said, hey, how are your hands doing? He's yeah. like, you can win a couple rounds. He said, I got big gloves. <laughs> So he was okay. Well, so did the uh, the the Heat mascot, and look what happened to him. So that's, it's still risky. That's true. Hey, the helmet's it's off. Not, his hand, the Heat's mascot's hands weren't the problem. No, it wasn't. <laughs> his chin. I still I still can't figure out if his chin even got hit. If you have a big like snout think, on a on a mascot, well, I think it was the second shot. Uh, I think it may have been. I think it may have been. We'll have a hardcore breakdown of Conor McGregor uh, probably going to jail now. He's probably going to jail. The uh, Ultimate Fighter finale is over. There's no event between Chandler and McGregor. But that was awesome. That was really cool. I know you have some good stories to tell about uh, talking to people after the game and also today. Uh, We'll get into more of what Aiden Hill did in the game. And we are on the verge of something really cool, really cool. Could happen tomorrow. Could get the Stanley Cup and uh, get the next, you know, big championship in this town right up there with uh, the other big championship, UNLV Runner Rebels. Now, back to. Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. studio. What do you think? What do you think, Adam? Panthers in a game five here at the Fortress. Uh, now they appear to be beat to hell. So are they screwed? And did you did you walk away from that game on Saturday thinking dead man walking in game five? Yeah, I think I think the Panthers put everything they 
possibly had into trying to get one goal and try to tie the game and change everything about the series in the third period, and they weren't able to do it. And look, you look back and like Matthew Kachuk should not be playing. He shouldn't be on the ice. Why? He can't. He can't hold the stick. He can't move his arm. <laughs> he missed over ten minutes of the third period, yeah. and finally, like, all right, get out there and try. When did he get but hurt? He couldn't. Uh, he hasn't. He hasn't I been mean, hurt in the the, came, the think, multitude of fisticuffs. I think he has came he? into the series hurt. I was. Um, but definitely, he you know he took a huge shot, obviously, in uh, in game three and left for a while. I think that was kind of the, uh, the icing on the cake. Um, I know the Knights went into yesterday's game or into what's it's not yesterday was it Sunday, Saturday? I don't know what days are anymore. Um, he went. Into, they went into Saturday's game believing he wouldn't be effective. I can tell you that. They they didn't think he would be able to even be out there, and if he was, he wouldn't be able to do much. That was kind of the plan. Um, everybody's hurt this this time of year, and so don't sit here and start making oh they're hurt. they're making excuses at the hurt. Like no, the guy can barely hold the stick. He missed almost the entire third period. He came out in desperation time, tried to give it a go, wasn't able to score. And by the way, look at that last shot with a bunch of open net in front of him, could not get the puck off the ice because he couldn't grip the stick tight enough. Like, that's just reality. And if you're thinking it's excuses, think back to what we said on the show last year. We said, hey, the Golden Knights are maybe the best team in the league. They have injuries. That's not an excuse. That's a reason. You're and very, we saw it this he's year. He's very stuck on this, Devon. Yeah, we saw it this very year. Very stuck on this. I used to, I busted his chops last year about excuses, and he would come back yeah. and say, "No, that's so a, in, that's in, a legit in, reason." In the Knights' case, it was a reason, not an excuse. In Matthew Kachuk's case, yeah. it's a reason. It's not an excuse. He's hurt, and and Anthony Duclair is extremely hurt too. Like, there's no way they'd be playing if this is a regular season game, or probably even an early right. round playoff game. Well, and for Knights fans who get upset at the mention of Kachuk being hurt, I mean, part of it is. The Knights are the bigger, stronger team, and they have effed with him a lot. And he's he's also been baited into you, you don't you don't no, think they you no, don't think they smashed him. No, the Panthers are definitely the bigger, stronger, physical. That's what they do. Oh boy, the Knights are the faster, I don't series, better. I don't, I don't know what series skilled. you're watching. The Knights you are might the want to talk to other. You might want to talk to other hockey analysts who have f- repeatedly said they're beating them at their own game because they're bigger and stronger. It might be their game, but they're getting outsized. I think they're getting beaten. I, I mean, I think I think they're the the Panthers are trying to hit instead of actually going for the puck. Uh, for the first two games, they were just they would leave the puck there and go try to hit somebody instead of actually playing hockey. Right. Um, th- that the Knights are just a better team, and all the, the Panthers, all they could do is is bully, and they weren't able to do it, and so that's what's happened here. But yeah, this I mean the 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 Panthers are beaten up. I think they put everything they possibly had into Game Four in the third period, try to rally. They didn't, and now it's over. This is not a series anymore. It's done. Hmm. Who's the Con Smythe for me, or who's going to win it? <laughs> For you, and then who's going to win it? There is, there's not a debate who the Conn Smythe winner is. It's Jack Eichel. He's been the best player. He's been the most valuable player. He's not going to win it. <laughs> like that's that's the reality of the situation. Jonathan Marshall is going to win it. Uh, Jack Eichel is the Conn Smythe winner. Explain in my that. Mind. Explain no that question. case. Um, if you look at their numbers um, when they're not together, I mean they're playing on the same line, obviously. If you look on the numbers when they're not together throughout the postseason, on those you know those occasions when they're you know mixing up lines or switching it around. Uh, Jack Eichel is actually even better. He's been one of the best players in the entire league, definitely the best player on the Knights. He's even better when Marchessault is not with him. When Jonathan Marchessault is on the ice without Jack Eichel, he is way worse. Way worse. So clearly, the numbers will tell you Jack Eichel has made Jonathan Marchessault in this series. 
And there's not a debate about that. That's just facts. And so Jack Eichel should and, – and that's that's not even just series. That's the entire playoffs. Right. Eichel has been phenomenal, both sides of the ice, uh, no question about it. But people love goals, and Jonathan Marshall has been scoring. And this is not a knock on Jonathan Marshall, so you got to finish him. And there's pl- there's plenty of chances that the Panthers have had they haven't finished. But when Eichel sets up Marshall, he finishes. So that's very important for sure. But Eichel's been the better player. Well, the odds makers are not going to get beat right now because uh, Marshy is minus four hundred. Aiden Hill is nine to one. Eichel, your guy is twelve to one, and then they still have you know some some value just in case there's a comeback. So Kachuk is a fourth choice at eighteen to one, but Marsh is so way ahead at minus four hundred. Yeah, I mean, look, he's going to win. Yeah, unless unless Eichel you know has seven goals tomorrow, um, then it might change it. But Marsh is going to win. So tomorrow we're actually going to be on the road. We'll be out near the Strip. Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 1340, 98.9 FM. We'll be on the scene, around the arena, in and around the arena. But we'll be just down the road at Ellis Island again, in the front yard, Ellis Island Casino and Brewer. We'll be there from 3 until 7 o'clock. Lots of prizes to give away. Uh, Free shot every time VGK scores a goal. There's also all-you-can-drink packages available. So really good spot. It'll be me. Be John Von Tobel on the scene, but it's a great spot, man. If you go and watch some videos that I put up on Facebook and Instagram, it was rocking and rolling. Man, people were fired up. Ton of EGK jerseys in the house. If you wear your jersey, you can get a free beer from you know one of the older breweries in town. Ellis Island since 1998 has been brewing their own beer. So Ellis Island, just off Flamingo on Koval. It'll be Cofield and Company live tomorrow as the Knights potentially clinch the cup. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. More VGK coming up in less than 10 minutes. Darren Millard from VGK Insider Show and, of course, uh, the voice all around the games on Scripps now. Scripps. And, of course, does the great podcast, The Chirp. He always loves when I mention that. So, what a crazy time, right? We're waiting to see if we're going to hand the keys to... Uh, the car of money to the A's. Major League Baseball could be on the way. We're on the verge of seeing our team win the Stanley Cup. There's a lot going on with the Raiders. And usually, hey, Raiders every day, man. Can't lose out that way. Camp's been kind of quiet, but we do know the shadow over this whole thing, aside from Jimmy G not being healthy, is Josh Jacobs. Arguably their best player. Was super productive a year ago. You got kind of a combo story here with him and Saquon Barkley. Running backs, devalued, clubs don't want to pay him, franchise tag, decision needs to be done by the middle of July, right? Is it July 17th? Yep. Both guys had some things to say or at least cryptic messages. So what about Josh Jacobs? Yeah, he's. Uh, he said it's not just about me, it's about the future, which could be his future generations. I think it's the future of the position. Uh, and trying to get some things done. And I think him and him and Barkley are kind of tied in this. Uh, that first of all, I don't think either one of them is going to act till the other one does. Uh, I think it's kind of a little bit of a game of chicken uh, between those two. Because so one needs the other to get a deal. I think so. I think one. I think you wait and have somebody set the market, and then you go just above them. I think that's what traditionally all the you know all of the negotiations like this have been. It's what happens in the quarterback market, right? Where who's going to go first, Burrow or Herbert? Who's going to go? 
who's, who's going to be the one right. to set the market and then get the next guy uh, to get a little bit higher than that. That's just kind of how these things work. So um, I don't think anybody's going to act first uh, anytime soon. Uh, obviously, deadlines spur activity, and so when it gets closer to that deadline next month, I think you'll see both guys kind of ratchet up a little bit and maybe be a little bit more uh, enthusiastic to get something done potentially. Uh, but you know, the problem with this, and this is something we've talked about many times on the show, um, both are right. And I don't mean both players. The Raiders are absolutely right to not pay Josh Jacobs a guaranteed deal. And Josh Jacobs is absolutely right to say, I'm not playing without a guaranteed deal. Like, I want future guarantees. I want to be locked up. I want to have this this security financially and, you know, with that comfort level for the next couple of years. So he's right. Mm-hmm. And the team's right. That means the system sucks. Clearly. Something has to be well, done about it. But the way it is right now, they're going to have to make a move. I would I would suspect right now that their offer for a longer-term deal is less per year than the franchise tag would pay. So do you want to make $10 million this year on a franchise tag, or do you want something like three for 24? Make it $8 million a year, but you're guaranteed for three years. Which one do you want? All, all 24 is guaranteed. Not necessarily, but I mean, say, oh, I figure the guaranteed say like, $18 million you, guaranteed, oh, but you're $8 million for three years. What would you offer? What would you actually offer if you were the Raiders? And you're Raiders management. I mean, you're hardcore on the running backs. Yeah, I, I, would, I wouldn't mind like a three for 30. Like twenty guaranteed or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm surprised from you. Well, I'm also of the opinion that they're not going to be good for two years. So I mean, so then go ahead and pay them. Okay, then my. Oh, really? Oh, okay. See, I thought you'd go full bore on. They're not going to be good this year, and you can have the franchise tag. What's the franchise tag? Like ten nine or something? Uh, yeah, 10, ten ten eight ten. Okay, so nice. so it's ten something. almost eleven million dollars. Yeah. Um. I figured you would go with. Here's a three-year deal, for 27, 13 guaranteed. I mean, no, I, I, think- I I don't believe that they care that much about having him this no, year. No, I don't either. I think it would play perfectly in their plans. Like Josh, you want to sit out, and behind the scenes, they'd be like, "Yeah." No, I think this helps the tank. No, well. That too, but I think they they really can play hardball if if they know that you know they all we don't know Jimmy G's real prognosis either. But I think you're spending money. I think you're it's an investment not in the running back position or in Josh Jacobs. It's an investment is look if you do bust your your tail every game every practice go out and play the way Josh Jacobs did. We do have loyalty. Like okay. this whole thing, we're not loyal. We and don't do that. Look what we did for him. And there is, there are repercussions. I don't think there's always repercussions to not being good to players, but I do believe with the running back position right now, this is a little bit of a dangerous time. Yeah. Like yeah. it would send a message because there's a lot of people out there who are like who don't kind of get it like you and I do, where it's like, hey, both sides are kind of right. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of people, and especially former players who are like, f the Raiders. Yeah. Like McDaniel's so- kind of already up against it. To me, I'm willing to pay the 10 million not yeah. for a running back, but for the message. Yeah. Like, there is something to it. Because I don't – like, if you were telling me that they're going to be a contender, I'm not paying a running back. I'm not. Because I oh, need that okay. money. All right. But you're, but it's $10 million on a team that's not going to be very good to just send the message that, hey, if you are going to come here and just be amazing, we are going to reward you. We are going to be loyal to you. Okay. Sets a tone for the rest of the squad, too. Yeah. You do need leadership Yeah. Uh, for the young guys. And Adams already provides that leadership. Hmm. So I'm going to go back to one thing you said about – Barkley and Jacobs and the organizations waiting on the other. No, no, the players are waiting on the other. The players are waiting on the other. Um, I don't think Barkley deserves a long-term deal. I don't think they're in the same boat. 
Josh Jacobs plays. Well, all, this is the first year. All the contract the year was the first year that he played all the time. I mean, we okay, t- okay, but we talked about going into the year. I don't remember so a game was, before this year that he didn't leave the game. For don't worry about the time. game. If he's if he's available yeah. and he's somewhat productive, he, if he plays thirteen point eight games a year, that's different than seventeen and zero and five. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And that's I true. I like Barkley, but there's also when you look at the numbers, Adam, you know, how many times does Barkley just get jammed into the line for no gain? Yeah. I mean, he kind of is a feast and a feast or famine guy. Josh Jacobs is not. Yeah, he is consistently productive. No, but Barkley is a far more productive player in the passing game. Could could Jacobs be there with him? Possibly, but they, yeah. they don't really use him that way. And so, I mean, that's I think that is the big difference in in the players. If look, I think Josh Jacobs is unbelievable in the running game. I don't think he's that big of a weapon. He can be, but he's not that big of a weapon in the passing game. Saquon is everywhere, but you're right. Availability is the best ability, and Josh Jacobs has that. The fans should enjoy their moment. Be prepared for it. They've been behind this team for six years now. Real solid fan base, and we should embrace that part of it and want to, you know, you, you play for the guys in the room, you play for your families, the organization, the crust on the front, but the crust on the front does represent a lot of the fan base. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Yeah, all right. We got Millard in studio. Fired up about this because we're almost never in studio, and it's a Monday. Well, you, I'm in this studio more than you're in this I studio. Know. We're never. We're we're only here on Mondays, <laughs> and uh, well, tomorrow you can't do it because you know we got the uh, the cup. I just want to mention cup I'm in your going. studio more than you're in your studio. That is a good point. I don't know. You know I, can, over to my I, I can run over to sales and say stop selling us on the road. Uh-huh. We want to be here with. Darren Millard. I like hanging out with you guys. It's easier Ad, to Ad, chirp Ad, Adam. Adam's do you? Here. You go to bed at like 10 o'clock on the road. So I do. No, no. Oh, no. what happened? I, you guys didn't meet up I was, the whole time? I was out late the first two nights. Really. And then the third night, uh, I went to bed early. And then the fourth night, I crashed. And then he sent me notes. And I was at the place he wanted to meet up at on the third night, like 20 minutes before he got there. And then I left. If he would have been there sooner, we would have partied all night. It's a great, it's a great bar, by the way. What bar? Elbow Room. Very famous Fort Lauderdale Beach spot. And uh, I would say everyone in the hockey world was there on yep. Friday night, really? except for Darren Millard. Even some of the basketball world. That's true. Charles Barkley. P.K. Subban oh, was there. Hanging it was a great time. And they put so much money into their mm, aesthetics, the Elbow Room. Sure. Like, there's nothing going on there. No. Like it, that no. that bar maybe have been varnished a couple of times. Absolute years, dive. But that's that's it. Well, that's what we like. And it's right across the street from the water. Like you you, you walk across the street, you're in the sand. It, it's awesome. It's and then there's a couple spring of spring break bar dive bars oh, a, right beside it that total have some spring TVs. Break. Total is, spring break bar. Yeah. Uh, is last, there not a when the Golden Knights went through there uh, during the regular season? It was spring break. Yeah. And it and we had a couple of days off. That'll there, make you feel young. Just like. Or really old. Yeah. Uh, one one problem. <laughs> yes. Only problem with elbow room, cash only. Cash only. That's all right. It's I did not know that the first night. So That's I got tough. off great. Oh, everybody else uh, was no! Yeah. No! I, I was outstanding Unbelievable. On, on the first night. And then we went up to Gulfstream on the, the third day uh, and betting the ponies with Eddie Olchick. Uh, oh, look at you, up, making uh, the most there. of the uh, so we had a good so day. Florida trip. Lost $2. That's it. <laughs> Olchek didn't help you win? Uh, He's like a great horse, actually. Keith Jones actually gave me the best tip, and uh, I won big on that horse, but ended up losing $2, and I was by far the best of our bunch. Lawless and Nighty and Gosher and Ashley Weiss, uh, they were not good. <laughs> so we were talking about the end of the game on Saturday. Yes. How crazy were the last 10 minutes, but specifically the last two minutes? 
Well, I think it was uh, added anxiety because of what happened the game before. Now, I'll say there is more indication of Florida being in that game. Game three was a shocker because there was nothing going on. All of a sudden, you were going to overtime. Like, what happened? So, uh, you, you were more on edge. Florida was playing better. And you knew what the implications were, uh, that you would have a chance to wrap it up at home if you hang on, and or else you're, you're in a brand-new series. So, uh, it was uh, it was fairly tense uh, is a nice way to put it. And then the penalty uh, by Petrangelo puts you down six on four. Uh, it, it, I have a phrase with my wife, it's never easy. And that's, that's what happened, but they got the win. I just made the case before you came in here. Um, everything was put into that last you know, four or five minutes of the game. They, they left it all out there. They've got some Florida? guys in, yes, they've yeah. got some guys injured. They're banged up. I am not getting on a flight Wednesday and neither are you. You're calling it? It's over. Yep. Well, Matthew Kachuk did not practice today. Neither did Radko Gudis or Brandon Montour uh, for for the Florida Panthers. So they've got a couple of guys obviously banged out. Montour's been going back and forth uh, with the birth of his first child. Uh, I think Kachuk will play. I don't think he plays a regular shift. Uh, I think he just plays in the power play. And he's there for spiritual, emotional uh, support for, for fighting third yeah. man in. Yeah. It doesn't look like, Oh he, no, no, no. It, I, it I, doesn't I, look like you can hold a stick at this point. Well, he can't shoot the other night in warm up. Didn't take a shot. Get yeah. out of here. Yeah. Didn't take a shot. Nice to know this too. And obviously yeah. if you do, they do. Yeah. yeah. I think and they're, they're, uh, accumulation of, uh, people watching it is probably better than mine, but no, he didn't, didn't take a, take a ship. Now he was good in the first period. Noticeable in the first period, and then not great in the but second. But if you and if you shut down in the third, I would I would make the point for people to watch. It wouldn't have counted because it was just after the buzzer yeah. anyway. I love Bruce Cassidy's he line had, about that. He almost like pushed it aside, saying, "Ah, it wouldn't have gone across the line anyway." Um, <laughs> I would say a Matthew Kachuk that could lift the stick at all scores. I mean, scores wouldn't count it. He would have put the puck in the net. He got nothing on that, and the the net was wide open. Yeah. And he just made it an easy save because he couldn't put anything on it. Like, I just think that's where he's at right now. I think that's where the team's at right now. If they would have tied it, the series could have got wild. But it's over. The idea of playing an injured player is a real interesting conversation. Whether you go down that path with a guy that's in the first year of a mega deal and – it, like Matthew wants to play, I can guarantee you that. But are you doing the right thing for your team or your organization? Then you get into some ethical questions. You didn't like my third man in comment. Well, I I like Matthew, and I like his spirit and his uh, feistiness. And third man in, it didn't erupt into anything. Like I think it's, some, but it, it's been more consistent throughout the series, where uh, well, Petrangelo seems no, to no. get in a mix, is grabbed from behind, and then Kachuk's like, "All right, it's been bang." bang. This goes back to when Matthew was three years old and with his brother Brady and and having these things happen. It, it's not new, right. and it's one of the reasons why he had to change his game from a uh, discipline standpoint uh, from the first few years in Calgary. But uh, I don't mind. He, he doesn't go across the line very often, and he, he plays that way, so I, I'm, I'm okay with it. Don't, don't okay. uh, Kachuk and Petrangelo work out in the offseason too? I think there's a, I think there's I would, like a, I think a tie so. there. St. Louis, yeah, I know yeah. Stone, Stone and Kachuk family are are very tight, but mm-hmm. I think Petrangelo and Kachuk work out in the offseason. Like I think this is not, this is not just like, hey, we hate each other here. This is we're competitive. It's it's a battle. Yeah, 
and it's it's, cool. it's awesome to see. And I I love being able to see guys who may be friends in, in another day in another city. Uh, to quote the phrase, leave it all out there. I think, I think it's on, awesome. On VGK and Chatter Show, Darren Millard's with us. Um, which of the cast members would grab you and which would punch you? On the ins- Oh, they would all grab me. And or Wallace, there would just be two of them ganging up on you? Man, I figured one would be the holder, the other one would start throwing punches. I know Chapman would probably grab me, but we'd just exchange noogies, like a little, <laughs> ah, rub that top of the head. Hey, buddy, how's it going? Uh, Wallace, there's been days where he's probably wanted to drill me. That's, that's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I made that part I, up. No, I, I don't hear anything. No, Come you, on, I don't. Demond knows. I don't you hear. You've dropped anything. comments before. You've got mm. some insight. You and him and Ryan seem to talk a little bit. You vent to each <laughs> other about your about your co-host. So sure, I'm fine with. I'm, I'm fine with that. Yep. I'm, I like stirring it up a little bit. I'm fine with that. Sports talk radio is about that. Mm-hmm. I have a very different personality in here with you guys than I would on TV. That's the the media that uh, that we're in. Adam and I started yelling at each other earlier because I was claiming that uh, the Panthers have been beat out by a more biz- uh, bigger or a bigger, more physical team. Adam said, "No, the other team is bigger." I think uh, size is closer, okay. uh, but uh, but physical uh, just uh, wear and tear is is certainly there by Vegas. Zach Whitecloud knocked Josh Morrissey out in in the first round series against the Winnipeg Jets. You go back; that was a huge play. To make the path easier for Vegas, losing their arguably best player, uh, and now in this series, Keegan Colasar makes a big hit, knocks out their best player. So they've been on the right side of that physical and the attrition. And your your case, Adam, is that the Panthers play this way, and they've just been kind of stymied by you know being matched up and like, oh wait, they're not going to back down to us. Well, the Panthers- they're not going to back down, and it's it's harder to catch them. Vegas skates really well. So they're big and fast. They're, they skate extremely well, both with their back end. All guy, all of them are mobile. Not, not often you get six defensemen who can skate as well. And you would put McNabb and Martinez on the defensive side of it, but uh, Alec can, can wheel. Uh, Braden knows where to go. He, he, can, he can get there. Uh, they're not slow by any means. And then up front, they can all twirl. We were also having the discussion – uh, I don't think it should be a discussion. Marsha was going to win the Conn Smythe. Yeah, uh, really? But, yeah, he is. But, oh, okay, why, why do you say that? Uh, he's going He's going to win it because people are at goals, 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 goals. Jack Eichel is clearly the Conn Smythe winner to me. I don't think it's close. I think it's really close. But Marsha is going to win it. No, I, I wouldn't say he's Ooh. going to win it. Ooh. Really? I think whoever has a better game in the clincher. So if so, Chandler Stevenson scores two goals the other night. He's put himself back into the periphery of that conversation uh, with Whoa. his 10 goals. William Carlson has 11. Steve's going to make uh, a bet right here now. We go. You guys keep now. talking. Bowfield <laughs> on company in, in, in show betting. But I, I, if somebody goes out and scores two, maybe a hat trick in the deciding game, you move the needle big time on that. And for Eichel and Marcheseau, I think it purely comes down to which story you like more. I think Vegas Golden Knight fans would side with Marcheseau being a misfit, coming uh, through uh, the, the battles and winning a cup and six. The national media, I believe, is on the Jack Eichel side, comes out of Buffalo, second overall pick, uh, doesn't work out there, has surgery. Everybody, everybody knows Jack's story from a national perspective. And in his first playoff, is on the verge, is one win away from, from winning a Stanley Cup. 
their performances, Marcia So's goals coming off Jack, great passes. They're, they're tied together. But which story do you like more? So Steve, Which one do you like more? Well, for me, it's Eichel. I mean, yeah. I, to, me, I, to, like, to me, Jack Eichel yeah. is the winner. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Eichel wins. Wow. Because well, of the influence of he's like, national He's vote. like 12 to 1, by the way. Yep. I can't bet on hockey. I know. I'm just I saying. I signed the piece of paper. I'm, I'm not allowed you. to bet. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I'm yeah, 12 to 1. From, from betting. And Stevie is 150 to 1. Hat what? trick, two goals and an assist, and it's a low scoring game. Hello? I would not. I would not. Bring me the bag, Stevie. That. I, so the guys I would still include Mark Stone. If, if he goes out and does something brilliant in a clinching game, William Carlson, for sure, was part of the mix coming into the series, scored the other night, and Chandler Stevenson I still is, is in the conversation. I don't think Aiden Hill is going to win it because of the amount of respect or importance people put on Vegas goaltending. He's played great. He's got the best, he's got the best save percentage with 15, minimum 15 starts of any goaltender in National Hockey League Stanley Cup playoff history. 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 How much money has he made himself this last three weeks, four weeks? He's got one big contract in his career left. Like one chance at a big contract. So this, this is it. <laughs> Darren Millard. It's, 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 it's massive. What do you pay him? He's out dueling a guy that makes $10 million a year. <laughs> Not that he's going to get that. Mm. But does he move himself from two and a half to six? Five or six? If you can get five years at that, six years at that, and you're getting close to $30 million, that's a heck of a uh, performance for six weeks. And, and I wasn't sure we were ever going to see him play again this year. <laughs> wow. When he got hurt. What a story. Yeah. Darren Millard, ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company. Uh, last minute here, not to insult you because I'm sure the answer is yes. How many, t- how, many, no, how many times have you been in the building for a cup clincher? And what do you think this is going to be like? Yeah. Well, it'll be if it happens, it'll be special for me because I've never been on the team side. Okay. I've always worked for a national network uh, during that. Uh, the, the short answer to your question, probably – 12. Really? That have been in, in what the What was the best one? Uh, Chicago beating Philadelphia was awesome. Why? Uh, there, it was on the road, so it, it was a little bit quieter. Uh, I knew some players on, on Chicago uh, on, on the ice uh, during that, that point, so that was really neat. Uh, it, that one really uh, stands out to me. But uh, uh, L.A., when they won in 14, I was on the ice. And one of my best friends is Jared Stoll, uh, former LA King. So I got to celebrate with with him while trying to do my job uh, <laughs> as well. So, that, so speaking that of doing your cool. job, yeah, you are going to get a little misty eyed. Very emotional. I'm not going to. I can't even run away from that, yep. and I, I don't want to. I get goosebumps already. Let's do I, it. If it happens, do I have, uh, do I have permission I, to laugh at you for it? Uh, you can do whatever you want to me. We're real men on this show. You're going to you get, get me on the parade route. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not t- talking about the p word. Ooh. I don't care <laughs> because I never thought I would work for a team. Now that I work for a team, because it was always a goal, but I wasn't sure it was ever going to happen. And now to be in a position for the team I'm working for to potentially win, yeah, it's it's emotional. What do you guys got coming up? 
on the uh, eve we're, of we're potentially winning the, the phones, cup. And then John Shannon, who's been with me a lot of times to the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, he's the impartial uh, guy jumping in. He's going to join us, former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, is going to pop on to give us some uh, league book perspective. And we got Bruce and Alec Martinez and Riley Smith. So, yeah, it's good. 